0: In Genesis 21, verse 6, a woman is crying. A new mother. Why is she crying? Her name is Hagar. She is the maidservant of Sarah, the wife of Abraham. She has been used to father a child by Abraham and Sarah, but has fallen out of favor with her mistress because she did have a son and is now despised in the eyes of Sarah and Sarah pressures Abraham to get rid of her. To send her away, and Abraham gives her, according to the record, a skin of water, some bread, and her son, and sends her out into the wilderness. Here's why she's crying when the water's gone. She placed her son under a shrub, the Bible says, for shade. And she walked some distance away For she said to herself Let me not see the death of the boy So she sat opposite him And lifted her voice And wept In 2 Samuel Chapter 13 verse 19 Why do we see another woman cry? A young lady Her name is Tamar She's a princess. She's the daughter of of King David. Her life should not be filled with tears. But she's crying. Why is she crying? Her father David had several wives and and children by those wives. One of her half-brothers, Amnon, lusts after her. He's consumed by her. He plots to have her. He plots to take her virginity away from her. He forces her to have sex. He rapes her. And then when he's done with her, he throws her out of his room. He says that he bolts the door behind him. Then Tamar put ashes on her head and tore her robe of many colors that was on her and laid her hand on her head and went away crying bitterly. In 2 Kings chapter 20 verse 3, a king is crying. Now why would a king be crying? The king of a nation is crying. Hezekiah was sick. He was near death. He was told by Isaiah the prophet, he was told to set his house in order for you shall die. And he, he, he's on his bed and he turned toward the wall. Prayed to God. He, he wept bitterly. Kings cry. Psalm 6. Verse 6, King David, it says, was weary from groaning. All night he made his bed swim. He drenched his couch with tears. In Psalm 56, verse 8, David cried out to God, put my tears in your bottle. I, I looked for the reference for this. I, I didn't really understand it. Back in the Victorian times, there was uh, it was popular... Lycromosa was popular. Tear catchers is what this is. It's a tear catcher, a Victorian tear catcher. Sometimes it was worn as a necklace, mostly, it was just held in in the hand. And it was used to gather tears by the mourners at a funeral. Some of them had special tops that you would put on, and it would allow the tears to evaporate so that you knew to stop mourning. You, know, you knew it was time to stop mourning. Other ones had tops that you could put on and it would keep the tears for a year so that you could pour the tears on the grave of the loved one at the year anniversary of their death. We have always mourned. We have always shed tears. We have all understood crying. King Solomon said in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 4, there's a time to weep and there's a time to mourn. He said both of those in that same verse. What makes you cry? What makes you shed a tear? What makes you weep on your pillow at night? Matthew Chapter 2, verse 18, we see a whole town crying. Why? Why is a whole town weeping? After the birth of Jesus, Herod the king finds out that Jesus was born and he wants to kill him. He wants the child dead. and, And Joseph, the earthly father of Jesus, he has heard in a dream to take the child to Egypt. And he does. Mary and Joseph take Jesus to Egypt. In Matthew chapter 2, verse 13, Joseph does this, but Herod, he doesn't know this. And because he doesn't know this, and he doesn't know where the child is, and he, he can't figure out exactly... Which child it is, he becomes exceedingly angry, the Bible says. And all the male children in Bethlehem and the surrounding area, two years old and under, were put to death. The weeping prophet Jeremiah is quoted. All the families crying for the dead were personified in one woman, Rachel. Verse 18, a voice was heard in Ramah, lamentation, weeping, and great mourning. Rachel weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted because they are no more. Can you imagine? Can you imagine such a horror? I'm sad to say you can Jesus said, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. What? Blessed are those who mourn. Later, Jesus allowed a woman, and we were talking about her in in our class this morning, He allowed her to wash His feet with tears. Why? Why? In John chapter 11, verse 35, Jesus could have, could have saved his friend Lazarus, but he allowed him to die. And then he goes there where Lazarus is dead. He's been in the grave and all the people around are weeping and they're crying. And it says, the shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. Why? In Luke chapter 19, verse 41, Jesus draws near the end of His life on earth when He draws near Jerusalem. And He wept over Jerusalem. Why? Why did Jesus cry? Why why do you cry? Why do you weep? Why do you shed tears? Why have you ever made your pillow wet? All the years you've lived, if you think about it, you've had years of tears. What makes you cry? I was thinking about this sermon and I, I, had, to th- I had to think about myself and I, I thought back to the earliest memory that I could think of crying. My earliest memory of crying. I had to be about three or four years old. I was at the house of Dale Reagan, and there was an Easter egg hunt. This was back in the days where there wasn't, wasn't plastic eggs that you opened up. We actually dyed the eggs and hid them everywhere, except for the prize egg. And inside the prize egg, this particular year, was a little bitty toy chick. It was a fuzzy, little bitty toy chick. And I can remember that little toy chick. I can remember that prize egg. I can remember being excited and I can remember being frustrated because I, I was just little and I couldn't find any eggs anywhere. And I wanted to find that, that prize egg. And I searched all around and I found a few eggs. And the, but, but this is Brian Reagan. It's a picture of my friend Brian Reagan. He found the egg. And I cried so hard over that egg. Emmy, get it honest, baby. I cried so hard over that little chick. I wanted it so bad. And you know what? Brian gave it to me. Brian's just a year older than I am. He's a lawyer. He's a captain in the National Guard. He's a An Afghanistan veteran. He's also an elder at the Walnut Street Church of Christ where I grew up. And folks, one of the darkest times in my life, one of the darkest times in my life where I cried bitterly, the first phone call I made was to Brian. Why? Why? He's a lawyer, maybe that was the reason I called him. He's my friend. Maybe that's the reason I called him. Maybe I thought, maybe, just maybe he could he could make it all better like he did before. He could make me stop crying. Why do you cry? What makes you cry? I have cried many times since then. I've cried here with you. I've cried here for you. We've shed a lot of tears together. You know, it it, it seems the older I get, I brought this up here for a reason. The older I get, the more I cry. By the time I'm 60 years old, I'm just going to be walking around like a blubbering idiot. That's all I'm going to do. We all cry. From pauper to king. We all cry. It's all right to cry. Our pasts are full of happy and sad moments and they make up our lives. It seems here lately we've cried more frequently. We remember our tears at nine eleven. We remember those we've known we've read about, heard about in the recent war and wars past. In recent reflection, we remember Columbine High School. We remember Congresswoman Gifford and the people that surrounded her who died. We remember the mall shooting. We remember the theater shooting. We A part of those weeping mothers. We are Rachel. And we weep for Charlotte Bacon, 6, who wore her new pink dress and boots to school for the last time. Daniel Barden, 7, whose family said he earned those missing front teeth and ripped jeans. We remember Rachel Diavino, 29, whose boyfriend had already asked her parents if they could get married, and he was going to give her the ring tomorrow. Olivia Engel, six, friend of the family said the only crime she had was being a wiggly, smiley, six-year-old. Josephine Gay. Who just turned seven three days before she was killed? Don Hawksprung, forty-seven, the principal, who died trying to save the children of Sandy Hook Elementary. Dylan Hockley, six, who died in the arms of his favorite teacher, Anna Marie Murphy. Madeline Hazu, shy. Quiet, But when she got around dogs, she loved dogs. Catherine Hubbard, 6, whose family asked you to continue to remember them in their prayers. Chase Kowalski, 7, whose neighbor said you couldn't think of a better child. Nancy Lanza, 52, the gunman's mother, her neighbor said she was just a regular person. Jesse Lewis, 6, who had his favorite breakfast that morning. Hot chocolate, sausage, egg, and cheese. Anna Marie Green, Marquez Green, whose father said, Anna, beat us all to paradise. James Mattioli, 6, born four weeks early before his due date, because his family joked he was hungry Grace Audrey McDonald 7 the love and light of her family beautiful Anne Marie Murphy 52 teacher her mother said she was artistic fun loving witty hard working Emily Parker 6 who was quick to draw a card or a picture for anyone who was sad. Jack Pinto, 6. Huge New York Giants fan. Noah Posner, 6. His twin sister, Ariel, was his best friend. Caroline Previta, 6. Silly Caroline was her father's nickname for her. Jessica Rico, six. For Christmas, she wanted cowgirl boots and a cowgirl hat. Aviel Richmond, six. The California girl, her father's little hummingbird. Lauren Gabrielle Rousseau, 30. Teacher who wanted to be a teacher before she was ever even in kindergarten. Mary Sherlock, 56. School psychologist who felt like she was doing God's will by working with children. Victoria Victoria Soto, 27, who, like the teachers here in this room, wanted to teach her students something new every day. That was her goal. Benjamin Wheeler, 6, who before school on Friday told his mother, He wanted to be an architect and also a paleontologist. Allison Wyatt, who surprised her family all the time with random acts of kindness. We live, we work, we play like it's never going to end. James speaks to this. James chapter 4, verse 13. Come now, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell and make a profit. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Instead you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. But now you boast in your arrogance, all such boasting is evil. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. We learn at least three things. There are more things here, but we can, we can learn at least three things from this passage. Number one, life is short. Our life is but a vapor. It's but a mist. We're here today, gone tomorrow, and we're forgotten in a generation. Number two, life can end at any time and there's very little that we can do about it. Number three, our passage tells us to make the most of our opportunities today. Don't brag about tomorrow. Don't boast about tomorrow. We need to do today what we can do today. We need to serve the Lord today. We need to help each other today. We need to cry for each other today. We need to love today. Because today is all we have. We need to prepare for eternity today. We serve a loving God who has prepared a place for those who love Him. It's been said that heaven is a prepared place for prepared people. Our God does care. When Hagar was in the wilderness, God was there. When Tamar cried, God was there. When Hezekiah cried and was so sick, his tears were seen by God. His prayer was heard. The sinful woman cried and she wept the feet of Jesus and Jesus forgave her sins. Jesus raised dead Lazarus. Jesus wept for Jerusalem because he could not make them believe. He could not make them love him. That's why he cried. But he was there, he was ready. He's still ready. He's still here. In my life, God has always been there. In your life, God is there now. Rachel still weeps. God is there. Luke chapter 12, verses 6-7. through 7, He knows the number of the hairs on our head. He watches out for sparrows. Won't He watch out for you? If you have been baptized into Jesus Christ, it says in Galatians chapter three, verse twenty seven, you are God's children, and God, Galatians chapter four, verse six, has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying out, Abba Father. So first Peter chapter five, verse seven, if you're a Christian, cast your cares upon him. God loves us and He cares for us so much. He loves us and cares for us so much that He gave His, his only, begotten Son, John three sixteen. He Romans chapter eight verse thirty two gave Jesus up for us all, and so He will give us all things. God cares for us, and God cares for our tears and the years that we shed them. The Bible doesn't say there will be no tears in heaven. We sing that song, but that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that God will wipe away all tears. Revelation chapter 21 verse 4. And there will be no more death, no more sorrow, no more crying, no more pain. But those who do not know God or obey the gospel will be met with everlasting destruction 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 9 the outer darkness Matthew writes Matthew 25 verse 30 as he quotes Jesus where there will be weeping Jesus says and gnashing of teeth two things you cannot escape you cannot escape death Hebrews chapter 9 verse 27 you cannot escape judgment 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 10 you have a choice of no more tears or tears forever. But thank God. Thank God He has a plan. He has a plan for the tears. He has a plan for our tears. He has a plan for our eternity. It wasn't meant for you to cry forever. Today I hope you cry. I hope you do cry. I hope if you need to, I hope you cry over your sinful state. I hope you cry over your lack of participation. I hope you cry over your rejection of God because you want to do better. Because you want to be better. And know that God has better in store for you. Mourn, yes. Mourn. You'll be blessed. Mourn. You will be comforted. This is an invitation to put Christ on in baptism. To obey the truth. It's an invitation to cry out to God. Won't you come right now? As together we stand and sing.